Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Pekosek. Today, we're actually going to take a break from all of the amazing interviews and guests that we've had on our show for the last several weeks, and we're going to slow down and actually get a chance for you, dear listener, to meet Lisa. This is sort of the counterpart episode to episode seven, I believe, where Lisa interviewed me. And today, we're going to get a chance to hear a bit about her story her work and some of the things that are really important to her. Before we get to that, uh, just a couple of things. One is that if you've been with us this far, thank you so much for being with us on this journey. If you like this show enough, would you consider rating it on iTunes, leaving a review or sharing it with someone who might benefit from hearing our show? We would certainly appreciate you continuing to spread our message. And secondly, if you love this and you haven't subscribed yet, What's holding you back? Why not hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to this? Uh, even if it's on our website on careerbuilderspodcast.com, you can find a link to the various platforms there where you can subscribe. And lastly, one really quick thing. I have a paid webinar coming out on the start of April, April 1st, the first Wednesday of every month going forward after that. It's a webinar that gives soon-to-be and recent grads a plan on how to transition successfully out of university. So there's still a lot of work happening in the background on this, but if you're interested in learning more about this, please shoot me an email at mike at coachwezo.com. Just put the word webinar in the subject line and I'll follow up with you and we'll get set up. With that being said, Lisa, are you all set? Yeah, let's do this. All right, so you've had a pretty interesting career journey up until this point. Can you kind of share that story with our dear listener? Yeah, sure. I mean, where to start? Um, yeah, why don't take it back to maybe the university days. You left high school and you had an idea of what you wanted your career to be. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So um, when I was in high school, I had, I wanted to be a psychologist once I looked into how that all worked, I, it wasn't something that really interested me. Just, I wasn't a huge fan of school in general, which is funny because now I've done a ton of it. But um, at that point, I had seen myself kind of going, doing a four-year degree and then working. So I was thinking about what other careers or what other journeys might be similar to that. And um, my parents had always suggested business because business is in everything. And human resources stuck out to me because it's the organizational behavior side of things. It's really understanding people and how people work and how organizations can help their people work. So I went into that. I did uh, human resources in my undergrad and it was interesting because the, the program that I did at Brock University was the first two years were really general business. So you learned kind of everything and then you would get into more of the specifics. And I really enjoyed a lot of human resources, but by the end of my four years, I wasn't sold on getting into a career in it, which was kind of an interesting spot to be. Um, so when I was looking for jobs, I was looking for human resources jobs, but they weren't really speaking to me. Um, I didn't really want to be a generalist for whatever reason. Um, and I ended up getting a job as an office manager. So I was kind of a jack of all trades at a small mortgage company. Um, so I was doing their marketing, I was doing their accounting, I was doing their human resources. And that was great because I did get an opportunity to learn a lot of different things and um, experience a lot of different areas. And, and one of the things that had kind of come out of that was, 
are you interested in doing some bookkeeping? And I had always been good at numbers, but I'd only taken a couple of accounting courses in university. So um, I said, you know, I'd like to learn more about this. I went back to night school while I was still working, um, took some accounting courses, decided that I loved it and quit my job, went back to school full-time, did an MBA in accounting. And it was funny because at that time too, everybody was saying, you're not an accountant, don't do this, which kind of made me want to do it more. Um, in some ways, you know, my family was really proud of me. They thought, oh, accounting is such a great job. And my grandparents, you know, that old school mentality yeah. of, you know, oh, you're going to be an accountant. Great. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was the, the prestige of that. There was the, the math side of things. I was always a math nerd. And it seemed like it made sense for me at the time. So I did the MBA. I ended up getting a job working full-time in accounting. And at first, it was really exciting, definitely. Um, it was also rocky. I mean, getting an entry-level finance job is not a walk in the park by any means. My first couple of jobs were definitely, um, <laughs> they built character. Mm, nice. <laughs> I like that. If Good I can say that. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot about hard work. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about kind of building a thicker skin, which was all good stuff. Um, but that was, and I, I was in accounting then for 10 years almost. Okay. So you went through all of this school, a few different career mini pivots along the way. And then something happened where you're like, I want to become a coach. Yeah, so there was kind of an undercurrent of it throughout the process. And I think that if I had really dug into it back when I was finishing my undergrad, I probably would have seen that there was mm. something disconnected in the corporate world for me. But that seemed like the only thing that I knew. You go to business school and you get a job in the corporate world. So I hadn't really considered any other options at that point. Um, so working in accounting, you know, the, the first, I would even say the first five years were very fast paced and they kind of flew by in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, when you get into that fast moving environment, you don't really stop to think about, am I happy? Is, are things going okay? You just kind of keep taking the next job. You, I, I was doing well, um, in, you know, career terms. I was continually increasing my salary. I was getting jobs at different companies. Um, so I, I didn't tend to move up within the same company. I tended to move to new companies after mm -hmm. a couple of years mm -hmm. to get a promotion and then learn more about a different company. Um, but as that was going through, there was definitely something missing for me and it resulted in me having all sorts of, um, just not feeling connected to the work that I was doing, not really wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Um, there was a period of time where I was having some panic attacks on my way to work. Uh, I was definitely getting into arguments with family. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before in, in the interview that we did a little while back, but my mom is a saint. Mm -hmm. And there was a period of time where I was just kind of a miserable person. And, and she's always been a really great support for me where she had kind of said, are you happy? Like, are, is this, you don't seem happy. Are you happy underneath mm. this? And it was kind of like, I would tell myself that I was for a little while mm. and then I wasn't really. 
Um, but I didn't, I was like, well, I should be happy. I'm getting promotions. I'm making all this money. I, I have a solid job. I'm not, I don't ever worry about getting fired, but I'm still, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. And the thought of, uh, I actually put this on my website recently, but I actually would hope that the subway broke down on my way to work so that I could turn around and go home, home. Sweet. (laughs) which is horrible. And it, it, it's, I want to be really clear that it's not my coworkers or my bosses or anything like that, because I worked with some really, really amazing people. Mm-hmm. I particularly had the opportunity to work with some really amazing managers who always had my back, always taught me new things and really tried their best to, to make my days great. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't my coworkers. It wasn't my, my boss. It was really something that was going on inside of me. I think there are a lot of people who can who can connect with that notion that they work with some really really great people. They're in an mm-hmm. environment where they feel connected to those around them and they they trust them. There's there's some camaraderie there, but there's still like a lack of fulfillment when it comes to the actual work that they're tasked with doing, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it it actually I see this with a lot of my clients now too in that you'll actually use that as an excuse to stay somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's the golden handcuffs where you're making a good salary. And then also, you know, am I going to find people as good as this elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big question. Yeah. So I had gotten to that point. I was um, doing some self-reflection, self-discovery, all that kind of thing. And um, ended up having dinner with my mom one night. Again, she was so supportive. And we were thinking outside of the box. We sat down and we're like, what should I do with my life? And it was like Pilates instructor, uh, which she now is, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Should I be, should I go and be a mathematician? Should I continue in accounting? And then she said life coach. And I was like, nah, that sounds weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we kind of put it to the side and, and then at the end of our dinner, I was like, well, actually that's kind of interesting. And I came back to it and sat on it for a couple of days, did some research into the whole thing, hired a career coach myself to Mm. number one, just help me to get the clarity on what that next step was, but also to experience it from the client side and see if it was something that I even wanted to do. Mm. And it was, it was like magic. It felt like I had just stepped into a magic portal and all of a sudden they, everything was clear and I knew what I wanted and it was, I was hooked. Cool. That's very neat. And we had, as we've talked about sometimes on this show, we had the chance to go through coaching school together, really get to know each other through the work that we were doing and that. And it's been neat to see your evolution uh, in going and coming from that corporate world in finance to where you're at now, given your background and the experiences that you've brought from your past, like what are your strengths as a coach? Interestingly, it's something that I've always had since I was young that I had kind of pushed to the side as I became an accountant and something also too that as I was going through school, nobody really saw it as a strength. Um, I am a very deep listener, so I'm an introvert and one of the things that comes with that is really observing and um, paying attention to not just verbal cues, but kind of everything that's going on in a situation. So I tend to 
see people in a different way mm-hmm. than they may even see themselves. Um, and it's funny because when I was younger, I think it kind of freaked people out. It was something where I, I would make an observation and they were like, how, how do Whoa. you, yeah. <laughs> how did you see that? Yeah. Like, well, I, I might be quieter, but I'm really paying attention to the stuff that's happening yeah. all the way around the stuff that's not being said. Yeah. I, when I talk to people about this show, I often do mention the fact that my, my co-host, you are, you are the, <laughs> the quieter, but incredible listening half of this show. And I'm like the dude that has to like kind of come off bouncing off the walls and settle down a little bit, but you have a way of just sort of really being dialed in on whether it's our guests that we have or the topic that we're really discussing you bring a ton of focus and I've, I've always admired that in you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, you're very welcome. It's a nice balance, right? It, the thing about introverts is they need extroverts. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it, it definitely, it's a good yin and yang, a great combo. And uh, it has served both of us very well, I think. For, for sure. sure. Cool. So let's talk a little more about the work that you're doing in terms of the career coaching. So what are, what's the transformation ideally look like for you when you're working with a client? So the way that I like to think about it is the peeling back of an onion. A lot of times people will come to me from either the corporate world or another industry where they've been working lots of hours. They've had a lot of stress. They've been kind of in go mode for a long time. And so I take them from a point of not really knowing what the next step is, feeling very stuck, feeling like there's lots of opportunity, but they don't really know which one's the right one to fit with them. And I help them peel back the onion to say, okay, you have all of these skills, you have all of these interests. How will that mold into something that is going to make you happy longer term? So it's really creating a framework. I don't sit down with people and say, this is what I think you should do. And Mm -hmm. I also don't use a lot of assessments, which is something that is different from some career coaches. Yeah. Um, I find that most people already know what they need and what they want to do. It's really just an uncovering and unlearning in a lot of ways. So that at the end of our sessions together, they're very clear to say, this is who I am and this is what's going to make me happy long-term. And this is how I can make the decisions that I need to make in order to get there. Cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's so true how we can be semi-conscious of what we think we we want or need to do to get after the things that we want but then having that external voice come in and really support that and and uncover it further can make just a world of a difference for sure and even just sometimes somebody will ask you the right question and then something clicks in your brain and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden like oh yeah no that makes total sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and away you go like you create action right off of that yeah At what point do people hire you? Where are they at in their journey? So I'll answer this in kind of two ways. There's a point that I wish that they came to me. (laughs) That's not to put any judgment on it, but people tend to get to a point that I had also gotten to where it's a crisis. And that's that's where most people tend to come to me now, um, where they're kind of, it's a do or die situation. They, They can't go on the way that things are, going they are just ready for a change and 
the place that I wish that people came to me more is a couple of months before they get to that point. Yeah. Because you have so much more energy when you're in that place. But I mean, that being said too, sometimes you need that crisis in order to really take that next step. You need something pushing you and motivating you to really make it happen. But I think there is a lot of value too in seeing that something is off and exploring that before it gets to that right crisis stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like they've got a, it sounds kind of dark, but like people kind of have to bottom out on their issue before they often take the steps to go back up. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's true of, of a lot of different things, like whether it's your health, whether it's your career, whether it's your relationship, usually something needs to go wrong before you can realize that something needs to change. Yeah. I'm totally with you there. Can we talk about being an introvert? I know you mentioned that and it's, I think it's a great quality in a lot of people and and maybe not everyone in, in the world sees it and recognizes it as that, but how has it helped you, whether it's been in your corporate background or today as a coach? Can we talk a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I said, when I was going through school growing up, um, introversion is not uh, something that's celebrated. So the feedback that my parents often got when I was in school was, uh, she's a great student, but she's too quiet. Hmm. And so I had just kind of grown up thinking that it was a bad thing. And then I happened, I, this is such an interesting story, but I was at a party with a friend and I was trying to find the bathroom and I happened into this person's parents' office mm. and on the desk, they had this book and it was called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking yeah. by Susan. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to blank on her name. I know the book you're talking about. Okay. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Sure. Sounds good to me. But um, so I was really interested, piqued my interest. I bought the book and it completely changed my view of introversion and how it works (laughs) because I don't think I really understood it before. And so introversion is really how we receive energy and how we process it. So introverts tend to be sensitive to all sorts of inputs, whether it's Mm -hmm. noise, whether it's, and, and there's, introversion is not the same as being a highly sensitive person. And I happen to be a bit of both. Um, but a lot of introverts do tend to like lots of noise and at a party tends to drain an introvert where they'll need to go home and then reconnect with themselves, just kind of refresh themselves in quiet. So they, they actually recharge their batteries alone. Whereas extroverts, they get energy from parties. So when there's all that commotion going on, that energizes them. So it was really interesting for me to really understand that. And then to understand how that can be a superpower because as when I was in the accounting world, everybody wants to be talking all the time. So one of the things that I would do in the accounting world is I would go in and I would watch how everybody interacts. So number one, I'd be able to see the power dynamic. I was able to understand people's communication styles. I was usually able to figure out what it was that was important to them pretty quickly off the bat based on what they were talking about as well. So the insights that I would gain from a meeting were very different from people who were talking in the meeting. Yeah. Um, just outside of the actual topic. Yeah. Um, 
as a coach, I find that it really helps because sometimes silence can really be a plus. Um, sometimes people just need to talk through something and my ability to kind of observe their tendencies and their pauses as well it really helps me to then ask questions to help them dig deeper into specific issues that they may have missed. Yeah, the there's so much information that's communicated through body language and how we deliver um, our answers or our questions. And it's it's nice that, that it's almost like you have a set of radar that allows you to pick up all of that information that less introverted people might not be able to detect. Mm-hmm. That I, I like the way you've put it. And for sure, like I can hear you on the the silence part of it is like a great coaching session has moments of silence in it where the real discoveries happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I can I can imagine it being something that you've really been able to leverage. For sure. And I also yeah. find that I surround myself with extroverts though. I, I'm more of an extroverted introvert. It's a scale, it's mm. not like you're one or the yeah. other. So um, my fiance is definitely an extrovert. He Mm -hmm. gets his energy from people. Um, A lot of my friends are extroverts. And so I I also need that as well to feel, it it energizes me in some ways as well because I I find that it's it's almost contagious when you're around people like that. But then after I've spent time (laughs) like that, I'm like, all right, I need to go and read a book for the next 10 hours. Yeah, (laughs) checking out. Cool. Another topic that I know is really important to you, it's important to me as well, is mental health. And it's not mm-hmm. something that we have dug into enough on this show. So I, I can, as sort of a preview, I can see that being something we put a little more emphasis on um, in the future. Mm-hmm. Why has it become such a, press, a pressing issue in today's world? I think that people are understanding that your health isn't just your physical health. And I hope that people are starting to understand that. You as a whole person need to be healthy. And, and there's, there was so much stigma around getting a therapist or going to see a coach or going to see a counselor, any of yeah. those things. People think, oh, there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with that person. Um, but I like to think of it as, you know, you go for a tune-up for your car. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to, to talk about stuff, whether it's to get through a particular issue that you're facing in your life, or even just to go and and explore yourself further. Um, Therapists are incredibly amazing people who just really get to the core of what's happening, can help you to to learn tools and skills that you need to be able to cope when things happen. And it's just sometimes so nice to have somebody who doesn't know your life giving you that outsider's perspective on things that can be really difficult. Yeah. Like the whole, all the stigma around going to a therapist or that kind of a helping professional. I mean, we don't, we don't get caught up on telling someone, you know, I have an appointment with my GP or my dentist or whatever. And those are all regular parts of our health as well. Yeah. I think when we can get into a conversation where it's just, you know, we're, we're saying those job titles, those occupations, we're talking about that kind of work in the same way that we do about just going to see our GP. Yeah. Then I think we're going to be in a much healthier society. Absolutely. Overall. Yeah. And it's, 
everybody experiences a difficult time at some point in their life. Yeah. I don't, I don't know any person that hasn't gone through something yeah. and just having support and knowing that somebody is there to help you through it and who has actual tools to make it easier on you. People don't have to suffer through it. They can really find it. It's like even, you know, getting a prescription for allergies or whatever that might be. If that's going to help you with your mental health as well, go for it. Right. Like it's, I think it's awesome that there's so many options available to us and I really hope that people do utilize it more because I'm I'm definitely a big proponent of therapy and have gone many times throughout my life to get me through all sorts of different things. It's a valuable conversation and I'm sure we're going to continue to talk about this. I know we touched a little bit on it with Joe Jacoby a couple of episodes ago, but I think we're going to enter into a much healthier vein of discussion there when it comes to mental health. I can I can sense that for sure. Awesome. We're just passing International Women's Day as this episode releases. Can you tell me what is the significance of this day for you? Yeah. So for me, International Women's Day is a celebration of women everywhere just being able to do what they do and also the men who support and encourage and Mm. believe in us because we're we're going for equality, right? We're, We're continuing to work towards the understanding that women and men are equally valuable and equally important. So I've had so many incredible women influences on me um, from family members to friends, to managers, coworkers, all that kind of stuff. It's just when you have diversity in the room, whether that's women, whether that's other backgrounds, it just increases the depth of the conversation and If you don't have, so I was actually at an event uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mm. a networking event, and we were talking about International Women's Day and the celebration that comes with it and how, you know, companies are saying that, I can't remember exactly which company it was, some uh, company in the States that said, you know, we're celebrating because we now have one woman on the board. And that's great. But at the same time, if you don't have three women on the board, you're not there yet. (laughs) like one in order to get the depth of opinions and um, viewpoints not one woman doesn't represent all women correct and one man doesn't represent all men all men (laughs) so I think that it's just really important to know that we are making progress and that there are so many incredible women out there who have so much value to provide that I'm so glad that we are working towards that equal point. I was at a conference uh, last week and heard a discussion around uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion in the workplace and the idea of, of the tokenized hire, right? That one woman on the board. It's not, it, it can't be the end point. It can't be the finish line no. for any of us. Uh, so I'm, I mean, bit of a hard stand on my end there, but that's, it's great to see that people are making progress, but there is still so much work to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me from all of the things that you've done, this is a, this is a big question. What are the biggest lessons you've pulled out of your career thus far? That is a good question. Um, the biggest lessons I would say, listen to 
listen to yourself, trust yourself. Mm. It's hard to do, especially when you have all sorts of voices in your head that aren't yours. But as much as you can, whether that's listening to your intuition, listening to that gut feel when something is off or when something is pulling you towards something, even if it doesn't make sense, um, just kind of exploring that. I think that there's a lot of value in going that route. Don't be afraid to do something different. Even if you've done four years of schooling for it, it doesn't mean that you have to get a job in it. Even if you've done 10 years of work in that field, doesn't mean you have to continue doing that work. You can decide to do whatever you want and people, people will always have something to say about it. Sometimes it'll be great. Sometimes it'll be not great. But if it's something that you're interested in or something that draws you towards it, try it out. See what happens. Nothing is permanent. No, nothing is permanent. We are as, as plastic and as moldable as, as anything that there is on this planet. So I, I hear you on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to punt the three questions we ask our guests uh, whenever they come onto the show over to you to get your take on these. What's the most fun you've ever had in your career? So I'm having the most fun right now. Mm. It's, it's so fun being able to help people to realize their true potential, really their, their long-term happiness um, and find all sorts of different ways to connect with people. I think that the podcast, this podcast that we've been doing, I love asking questions to people and yeah. picking people's brains. So this has been so much fun. Outside of right now, though, I worked at a winery for four years while I was in school, and that was super fun. Cool. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, a was a, I was a tasting room associate, so people would come in on their wine tours, and I would get to tell them all about the wine. And in some ways, I was actually preparing myself for a career as a coach because mm-hmm. when people usually it was tourists or people who were on some sort of fun adventure. And so people are always in a good mood. People are very interested to hear what you have to say. And they also have so many interesting stories to tell you about their own lives. Yeah. So my day was filled with all sorts of great people and all sorts of interesting stories. That's such a great association between those two roles. I'd never thought of that, but it makes like, it rings so true. I, I've been in those situations as a consumer engaging with, you know, a tasting room associate. And that is exactly what it's like. It's so fun. (laughs) It makes total sense. I'm glad you mentioned that. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken and how did it turn out? It was definitely coaching, switching from accounting to to coaching, going from a very comfortable salary to doing my own thing as an entrepreneur Um, that being said though, it definitely was a calculated risk. Um, I had saved up six months worth of money to be able to pay my bills if I wasn't able to. Um, I went back to school to really hone in on the craft. I had conversations with so many different coaches to learn what worked for them and what, how to really build my business. And so as much as it was a risk. I also, and I also went through a transition where I went from full-time to part-time finance work while I was building the business. And then yeah. finally was able to go full-time with coaching. Um, so from the outset, it was a risk, but it's turned out to be definitely the absolute best choice I've ever made. Um, I think 
it's only been two years since I officially started my business. Actually, I think next week will be officially two years. Woo! Woo. <laughs> um, but I can't picture doing anything else at this mm. point. Like I can't, I can't ever go back and I can't imagine where I would be right now if I hadn't gone this route. Yeah, it's it it sucks you in for sure. I think that says something when you can't see something past this that it it shows that you've hit on something that you're really fulfilled by uh, and, and sure. driven to continue to to build. Mm-hmm. Neat, cool. What's the best piece of career advice you've ever received? So this one came from a gentleman that was an advisor for me at the CPA organization. And this Mm -hmm. was right after I had finished my MBA. And his advice was basically be humble at work and that will get you everywhere. So I had just finished my MBA and a lot of MBA students finish school and are like, all right, I'm going to be making six figures now. Um, You know, what's my job going to be? And so his, it was really interesting to talk to him to say, you don't have any experience in this, right? You are starting from scratch again, basically. You need to work your way up. And that means building trust with people and being humble about where you're at. And so that has served me so well in so many ways, because when I went into an interview, I never, it it was almost like I tried to avoid that conversation in some ways because there was such a stigma about MBA students and how they tend to be kind of entitled. And so I really focused on my experience and how it related and, and not only that, but also my drive and my hard work and my grit to be able to sell myself in the interview. But that's also really helped me in the career side because it meant that I've never, particularly when I was working in this small mortgage company, there wasn't anything that I wouldn't do. So whether it was, you know, fixing the, the photocopier, whether it was making plans for the company lunch, um, even as an accountant, you know, staying late, coming in early, whatever that was that needed to be done, I never felt like I was above the work. And so that really helped me because, again, I, I built a ton of trust with my managers. And it just, it also made me, feel like a yes person, I was able to say yes to so many different opportunities and experiences that have helped me tenfold in my career. Yeah. I'll bet you're probably starting to say the odd no now in order to make sure that you stay really focused. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, to stay focused on your pursuit of building your coaching practice. I am. yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's I'm really weighing the opportunities that are being presented and, and understanding if it's the right yes. Mm-hmm. And, by, and if by saying yes, am I saying no to something else that's important to me? Yeah, that's a key lesson that I think we all learn at our own rate in yeah, our lives. For sure. Cool. Where can people find out more about you and your work? So my website is www.careerbalancecoaching.com. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. It's Lisa Petkosek. And I'm also on Instagram at Career Balance Coach. Amazing. Cool. It's been a lot of fun to just sort of be able to pause from the pace of all of our guest conversations, which have been super informative 
I, I'm just saying that for me, and I'm I'm sure for a lot of our listeners as well. Any last words that you want to leave with our dear listener? No, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun, and um, it's it's great to be able to reflect on things sometimes too. It kind yeah. of gets things moving in your own brain at totally. the same time, right? Very helpful. Always is. Yeah, I'm with you there. Cool. Well, we'll call it at that. We'll call it a week. And thank you so much for being with us on this week's episode of the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Kozak. And we'll be with you again soon. Bye for now.